0: Love t. Am I on? Am I live? Am I live on the air? Is it two o'clock? Is it two o'clock mountain standard time? It is. Am I Tony Visick? Yes I am. Is this Living on a Thin Line? The daily diversion, distraction from all the anxiety, craziness, and hoopla going on in the world today? Yes it is. And we're waiting to go hot on YouTube. We're waiting to go hot on uh, uh, Facebook Live. We're just getting ready to go hot, hot, hot. And it is hot, hot, hot today, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. we to get rid of that button. All right. Uh, we are live on YouTube. We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are live on... Um, <clears throat> there you go. Just cleared my throat right into your ear on Facebook Live. My name is Tony Visick. Good afternoon. I hope you're doing well. Uh, during this, um, is it summer yet? I think it's officially summer. Is it officially summer? May twenty second or June twenty second? Does it? Can you look that up? Is it summer? Is it the good old summertime? Uh, Shirley says she, she says uh, she thinks it's May. She thinks she'll look it up. So uh, she will do exactly uh, what I asked, and that is nice. Uh, that is nice. Uh, hello, Tina and Mike, and welcome to the show today. It is uh, Thursday in America. It is May 28th, May 28th. Hold on. I, I didn't think it was May, and it is, I am correct, it's June 20th. Okay, it's June 20th. June 20th is the actual start of summer. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild, because it's already like uh, triple di- digits here in Arizona, I don't know how it is where you are, but I hope it is doing fine. Uh, We're doing fine here because, um, um, except for uh, walking my faithful dog, Roscoe, this morning, I haven't been out of doors. Uh, Matter of fact, um, I would say I haven't done much, but I did quite a bit, but none of it is interesting. Did you ever notice that the most stressful stuff is generally the least interesting stuff? All the little paperwork you got to do, all the little mundane things you have to take care of in the day-to-day, that take up so much time. Uh, are not interesting to talk about at all. And the goofiest stuff, we got really drunk and went to the river. <laughs> uh, that stuff goes by in the blink of an eye. It's like youth itself. Almost every young person I know goes, I should write a book about my life. And I go, you mean because you got drunk and slept with strangers? And they go, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, um, we've all, uh, we have all read that book. We all wrote that book ourselves, okay? <laughs> anyway... Uh, I'm kind of all over the map this morning. Um, little secret, I'll tell you a little secret. Tell you a little story. Tell you a little song. Uh, I take a nap every day and have almost my entire, entire adult life. Um, either that or I've worked second shift. Uh, as a kid, I had a hard time sleeping at night. I just had a hard time. My parents sent me to bed and I just lay there and flop around for hours. So as soon as I could, I started staying up all night. And uh, that kind of precluded a lot of day jobs. That's why I got fired from so many day jobs. That's why I did so terribly in the first two periods of any uh, 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 normal day in high school because I was asleep. So later on, I was asleep. You know what happened? I tell you what happened. I was asleep. Um, us let me on, Damn it! I was asleep. That's what you said when you were drunk. Were you drunk? No, I'm not drunk. I'm not asleep. <laughs> uh-huh. so that's why I started working second shift as soon as I could as a matter of fact at one time uh, I was very hyper responsible I'd be very hyper responsible and very hyper irresponsible all throughout my uh, teens and 20s because uh, I'd go on benders if you know what a bender is so I'd be going along doing really well not not drinking but not drinking at a level that um, uh, would make me uh, black blackout but at a level to make any of you think you were drunk, anyway, um, I, but then I go on benders and lose everything. So, uh, but one time I had a job uh, where I was actually the administrator um, uh, of an entire, uh, of an entire special ed school, and my, uh, my job was nine to five, and I immediately changed it to one to nine uh, in my capacity as the boss. I made it, so I came in from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m., later on from 3 to 11. And then one time I didn't come in for a week, and then um, I didn't have to worry about the hours anymore. So uh, I actually kinda just snoozed out and woke up like 20 minutes ago. Normally I would take a nap right after this show. About a half hour after the show. But today, I got up super early and did a bunch of uh, super boring stuff, which I'm still in the middle of. It's all sitting at the desk right behind me. All sorts of paperworky, social security, unemployment tax, yen and nye stuff that I have to do. Uh, in order to be a a good business man in America today. I'm going to be a good business man in America. Um, So in order to do all of that, uh, it it made me tired. So I took it up early, and I will tackle it when I am uh, finished entertaining you today. That's what I'm doing right now. If you don't know what the hell I'm doing, if you're going, what the hell is, hey, Frank, what the hell is he doing? Oh, look, look at him. Just look at him. What the hell's he done? I think he's entertaining us. That's what I'm doing. I'm entertaining you. Um, great show uh, today. That's what I say. You may, uh, uh, you may differ, but um, anybody who's watched this show before knows that it is uh, the reason for it and what we do. We started doing this show right at the beginning of uh, the lockdown, lockdown 2020. Dun 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 dun. And uh, we have only missed one day since uh, sometime right in the middle of March. And it was just uh, last Sunday. Last Sunday because Shirley and I had to go someplace in the vehicle. And it's personal. I'm not going to tell you where we went. Okay. I gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do the show uh, from the vehicle, which I've done once before because we had to go to Walmart and get supplies right at the same time as the show. Uh <laughs> Tina Lawson says, "Mike's napping right now. That's what this show's here for—to lull you to sleep. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep oh, baby." My uh, wife is looking at me right now, like, "What the fuck did I marry?" So, um, uh, this guy's just nuts. He just—he just yammering, yammering, and stammering. Matter of fact, if I ever put out a comedy album, it will be called Yammering and Stammering. Uh, not slipping and sliding. it was a song by Bobby Darin, "Slipping in the sliding. anyway, um, there you go. Uh, Don Shell is asleep too. I'm putting people in Missouri asleep. Hey, you guys in Missouri, Missouri, we've seen some pictures in the news just the other day from uh, down there by the Boot heel Way of uh, the goings-ons at the Lake of the Ozarks. I never saw anything so damn crazy. I guess I have. But uh, even in the middle of all of this, knowing that we have a highly contagious disease, an easily spread disease that is spread by coughing and sneezing and talking, people cram. And by the way, the Lake of the Ozarks is huge. It is gigantic. That's like a lot of water. Like a lot of water, okay. Uh, even though it's that big, people just crammed into certain spots there and just rubbed up against one another and, and partied. Don't care about no, you know what? It's a hoax. We're gonna go. We're gonna go party, okay? Let's go fucking party. <laughs> Someone asked me, "Go, who does that?" I go, "You know, people in their twenties from Missouri, who just uh, you have a hard time getting people from Missouri." To do anything you ask him to do. i go do it, undo it, it won't. <clears throat> so uh, then I saw that I think either the governor or the, uh, the head of uh, the health service in Missouri asked that everybody who went to the uh, Lake of the Ozarks quarantine themselves for 14 days. Like that's going to happen. Someone asked me, to go, What kind of mindset does it? I'll tell you what kind of mindset does it, all right? I'm not going to hate on them. Young people, young people who believe they're invincible. And the weird kind of sad thing about this particular disease is that uh, they may get it, but they probably won't um, uh, get real, 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 real sick or uh, expire, okay, but maybe their parents and grandparents will, uh, their older employee, employers and stuff, and I hope, I'm absolutely wrong, but it was something to see for all of us who've been quarantining and sacrificing and going, all right, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, we're not going to see this person, we're not going to see that person, to see them all just cram up against each other in the shallow water and we, um, anyway, the Lake of the Ozarks, I, there was a place down there called Party Cove. And I actually played a comedy club in the Lake of the Ozarks once. And the owner said, uh, you want to go for a ride in the boat? And you know, that's what you do in Lake of the Ozarks. He goes, yeah, he goes, well, we, we can go over to Party Cove. And I go, what the hell's Party Cove? He goes, you don't know Party Cove? It's world famous. I go, no, I, I you know, I know. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I go, I don't know Party Cove. And he goes, well, I, I, he, uh, when, before I get you, uh, in a room you're standing, they put me up in an apartment. It goes there's a VHS called Party Cove, and all it was was a VHS of a bunch of uh, like boats and uh, uh, girls with their tops off going woo, you know, and like girls making out. Only they're wearing like fishing hats and shit. So <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing hotter than a girl in a fishing hat making out with another girl who's wearing maybe like a, a, a St. Louis Cardinal baseball cap uh, backwards, of course, you know, going and going. ah, Lake of the Ozarks is known for uh, uh, debauchery, debauchery amongst the natives. And if you were a twenty-year-old boy or a nineteen-year-old girl, uh, you know you weren't gonna let this this Memorial Day weekend pass without your debauchery dance. I don't care. There could have been bombs dropping. You know what? It was the same mentality. People ask me what the mentality was. I'm not putting it down, okay? That's for someone else to decide. Is it dangerous? Yeah. But somebody asked, what kind of mentality was it? was. I said, did you ever see the movie Apocalypse Now? Do you know who <clears throat> Colonel Kilgore was? That was a character played by Robert Duvall. So Martin Sheen, those guys come up, and there's a big firefight going on a beach. And with uh, Martin Sheen is a guy, uh, uh, Corporal Lance something, And uh, he was a world-famous surfer before he got drafted and sent to Vietnam. That's the story of the movie. And when Kilgore, played by Duvall, hears about that, he gets excited because they like surfing. And while bombs are dropping in the surf, in the water, while a firefight's going on, they're out surfing. (laughs) And someone goes, aren't you worried about going out there? We don't have to worry. Kong don't surf. Kong don't surf surfing as bombs were dropping. Yeah, now, yes, it was a movie, but it was based on some stuff that actually happened in Vietnam. Okay, in the middle of insanity, they said, we're still going to surf. So that's who it was who went down and partied at the Lake of the Ozarks on that day. And I hope, I hope that they don't have any comeuppance. I hope they can look us right in the face here and go, see, you were wrong. I truly hope they can. Okay, and I hope that everybody come in contact with for the next two weeks to a month, we we'll be able to go, yeah, you were wrong. They didn't give us anything. I hope, I hope, I hope. Okay. Um, we build this show around three things, and one is interaction with you. And what I've done right now is uh, put uh, uh, Mike Lawson and Don Shell asleep, and I think that's important. Christopher Betta, I know you're watching, and I've just put uh, uh, Mike Lawson and Don Shell uh, asleep talking about Missouri. You think I get excited? Uh, Don Shell says, I went to Party Go once. With all the boats idling, there was a higher carbon monoxide level than L.A. traffic jam. Yeah, it's the other thing. It just cram. People go, we're going to party. And they all get down there, put their boats in the lake, and uh, no one can move. Then they get real drunk, and the girls take their tops off. Okay. Um, and by the way, let me say where uh, for some, it was a gift. A, 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 some of the people with their tops off, it was a gift for the eyes. Other ones, you're going, yeah. So, yeah. We build this show around three things: interaction with you on comedy schools uh, on YouTube, comedy schools, Radio network.com and Facebook Live. And we have some of that today. And I show you some knick-knack, piece of memorabilia, uh, wax work, something that I have here in the uh, room that uh, meant something to me at one time. It reminds me of something that I did at one time that I uh, had totally left laying by the wayside, and now I look at it and it brings back a flood, a flood of fun memories. So what have I got for you today to start out with? All right, so here, this is a, what is this? It's a playbill. It's a playbill. It's a playbill. It's a playbill. So uh, what is a playbill? A playbill is a program that you get when you go see a play, a piece of theater. This is a playbill from the Longacre Theater, the Longacre Theater, which is on Broadway. Now, it's not actually on Broadway. It's on... uh, God damn it, what street is it? I want to say 44th. Okay, uh, maybe 42nd. Not 42nd, maybe 44th. All right, um, it doesn't say exactly here. And the name of the play is A Bronx Tale. You know it as a movie with Chaz Palminteri, directed by Robert De Niro, okay, uh, written by Chaz Palminteri. And it's what uh, launched Chaz Palminteri's career. If you're having a hard time placing uh, Chaz Palminteri, he was the cop. Questioning Kevin Spacey and the usual subjects, who at the end realizes subjects. that. What I say? Subjects. No, it's uh, the usual suspects. It's the usual suspects. What did you say? That's what, I say. Yeah, what did I say? Subjects. I said subjects? Hey, if maybe continue. Did I say subjects? It's usual suspects, okay? All right. Um, uh, uh, this show will be edited to put uh, interesting content. And uh, uh, correct titles later on. Um, it started out as a one-man show It launched Chez Pometary's career uh, and then he uh, uh, it became a play, one-man show and then a movie, a Bronx tale. And it's the story of a kid and uh, the influence that a low-level mobster had on him growing up in a uh, in New York City. Pretty good movie. Uh, it was a pretty, it's still a pretty good movie and it plays a lot. So we watched a lot. Interesting thing about that movie, uh, as an aside, the kid who plays the kid, C, C, what's wrong with you? It's cute to play C. The kid who the movie is about was played by a young man who also appeared in the Sopranos. So he appeared in the Sopranos and he appeared in a Bronx tale, uh, wanted a television show about the mob and another one being a movie about the mob. And this kid and another guy. Uh, broke into someone's apartment one night. On the way out, they were confronted by a cop, and the other guy shot and killed the cop, and that kid, uh, along with the guy who shot and killed the cop, went to prison. Went to prison. So you talk about uh, art imitating life. A kid who played a guy who hung out with uh, or was a member of the mob ended up going to prison for a a criminal activity. I forget his name. I could look these things up. You can look them up now. Isn't that part of the fun? It's me talking about stuff, and you go, I'm going to look that up. Um, so, uh, Shirley and I saw it a number of years ago. It was our first, her first trip to New York city and my first trip in ages. And we saw it there at the long acre theater trying to see, uh, and, uh, it, this was in January of 2017 and that's when this playbill came out and I'm looking to see if I can find the exact address of the long acre theater. Cause it's kind of a cool theater, uh, and I don't have it in front of me. Anyway, it was a good. They turned it to a musical. They turned it to a musical. We got tickets. We got really good price for tickets. Uh, right in Times Square. Right in Times Square. In the uh, like the big triangle in the middle of it, which you've seen a million times in movies. Right below where the giant uh, where the giant billboard sign is, giant moving billboard sign, is a place called Tick's or Tickets where you can get tickets to Broadway shows half price. Half price. And we went, uh, damn it, I'm trying to find the address, and I can't find it. I can see who, who was in the cast. Nick Cordero was in the cast. Nobody cares. Uh, Here's the cast. Here's the da Oh, 220, 220 West 48th Street. Man, that was a lot of airtime I killed to find that out. 220 West 48th Street is where the Long Acre Theater is, where Shirley saw her first Broadway show. Took her to see it, a Bronx town. And we got a, even though we got a good deal, it was like sixty bucks. The seats are in the balcony, but close. And we really enjoyed watching the show. Not a not the greatest show on Broadway, but it was a good Broadway show. And there's nothing like seeing a Broadway musical on Broadway. I don't care what he tells you, there's something special about it. And I can't wait for them to open New York City back up again. Because as soon as they can, um, and I was telling a bunch of comics I'm working with, uh, talking with them last night, I said, the first trip that we make, first road trip, is right back to New York City to play some of the legendary clubs there and to uh, see Broadway shows. The Long Acre Theater, okay, is on 48th Street. But Broadway is not just the street Broadway. There's only a couple of theaters on that street. The rest of them are on 42nd, 43rd, 44th, 48th, all up and down uh, uh, the legendary Times Square area. That is the uh, theater district. The Longacre Theater is interesting because originally Broadway, the street Broadway in New York, was not called Broadway. It was called Longacre throughout the 18th Broadway was known as Longacre and was later renamed Broadway. And the Longacre Theater uh, was an important place. There's a lot of important plays, including Waiting for Lefty, which was one of the most consequential uh, pieces of theater in American history, if not the biggest hit. But it changed theater from being drawing room, just a bunch of rich people sitting around going, oh, are we going to have cocktails? Oh, I'm so sad because Cheeky is not going to join us on the ship to uh, uh, stories about cab drivers and truck drivers and everyday ordinary people, uh, Clifford Odette's Waiting for Lefty. And Waiting for Lefty was also a pro-union theater piece uh, and it was so emotional uh, and it was about a bunch of cab drivers uh, that were thinking about going on strike because they were starving during the Depression, play play during the Depression, that uh, people got so excited by it they would run out of the theater screaming strike, strike, even though they were going to the theater. Long Anchor Theater, 48th Street, where Shirley saw her first Broadway show, A Bronx Tale. Uh, if you ever see the movie, pops up like on TNT a lot. Watch it. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Okay. Hey, uh, you want to talk about something good? Tell me something good. Wow. Uh, Robert De Niro's in a movie. Yeah, well, you know, Shirley said Robert De Niro's in a movie. Yes. Uh, Joe Pesci has a small part in that film. And Robert De Niro directed A Bronx Tale. So, la di da la di da and ho de ho If you want to see something fun Sunday, you're not going to be able to go see A Bronx Tale on Broadway in New York Sunday. Uh, and even when they do open up New York, I don't know if it's playing anymore. But you can do something fun Sunday. You can do something fun and you could die from laughing and not from the corona disease by going to comedyschools.com and buying a ticket for a mere $10 to be able to witness on your... Telephone on your computer screen, on your television screen, whatever screen you want. Witness Tony Visick presents Sunday Night's Funnier this Sunday. Christopher Royer. What I'm so excited about—the thing that excites me about these Sunday night Zoom shows that I'm doing right now, which are nothing more than mini pay-per-view events—people go, "Show on Zoom." I go, "Well, you know, plugging your tele, plug your uh, computer into your television—that's a show on television, isn't it?" Um, what I'm so excited about is be able to bring. Comics that I know should have national exposure, should have national exposure to the nation, to the world through these Zoom shows. Okay, I'm pretty darn excited about that. And if you buy a ticket, and then this Sunday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, your time may vary depending on the time zone you're in, uh, you will get to witness Christopher Royer, and he is goddamn funny. And you're going to be able to see a show uh, that... Up until now, we've only been able to bring you live and local, meaning that you had to be in Arizona or travel all the way to Arizona to see the show, uh, which I wouldn't blame you for doing. It's kind of a fun place to live, kind of a fun place to hang out when they uh, let you out. <laughs> Arizona, fun place to hang out when they let you out. Um, let's see. Uh, Angela Fox says, love your stories, Tony. Uh, I've got to run now. Have a great day. So if she said it, in, depending on how you read that, it's either very nice or very snarky. It's either... Love you. Love your stories, Tony. Sorry, I got to run now. Have a great day. Or... Love your stories, Tony. Sorry, uh, I got to run now. <laughs> great day. Uh, but I know how she meant it the first way, or that's how I'm going to put it. Uh, but I'm going to be able to bring these comics to you, bring these comics to you uh, in, into your own living room through the magic of Zoom, comedy in your living room this Sunday night. Tickets are available by going to comedyschools.com and scrolling to get tickets. Okay? So, a Bronx tale. All right, what, um, what pieces of music are we going to recommend today? You may ask yourself. Because as many of you know, the uh, second half or the latter third of the show, I recommend two artists or two pieces of music based on my vast vinyl collection. And it is vast. All right, and uh, I got something here today I got to show you. And I don't know if this is so much uh, something for you to listen to, but something that I just want to show you today. Yeah, that kind of looks weird. All right, so what is that? Okay, this is Keep the Faith, Baby, and it is Adam Clayton Powell's message, <coughs> excuse me, to the world, dateline January 1967, an exclusive live recording. Adam Clayton Powell was one of the first, one of the first and most consequential African-American elected officials in the, uh, uh, in the 20th century, there weren't a lot of elected uh, uh, officials in of the 20th century. Adam Clayton Powell, who represented Harlem in the House of Representatives, uh, was an important and, of course, polarizing figure because he was a black man who didn't kowtow. He was a black man who didn't bow down. He was a black man who didn't try to act white for white people. He was a black man who represented the African-Americans in Harlem. And this is, uh, let me read this to you. Uh, and this is by chuck stone the liner notes how do you measure greatness by the ageless beauty of the written word by the inspiration of spoken eloquence or does the eternal slide rule measure man's greatness by his deeds and legacy for generations to come there is no simple formula but history will one day say of adam clayton powell the noble acts which he did and his greatness are not written for they were very many And yet, Adam Clayton Powell is more than a summation of many noble acts. He has been our proud giant sequoia in the freedom struggle, off times alone but never afraid. Whether walking picket lines for over a quarter century, ministering to the religious needs of one of America's largest churches, passionately fighting for more jobs, loudly defending the rights of all black people, or skillfully guiding 60 major bills through the Education and Labor Committee to final passage, the genius of Adam Clayton Powell has found expression. He remains, after 58 years, that world historical individual, a universal man, loved by many, feared by some, hated by few, but acclaimed by all. And then a quote. To endure is greater than to dare. To tire out, to tire out hostile fortune, to be daunted by no difficulty, to keep heart when we all have lost it, To go through the intrigue spotless, to forgo even ambition, even when the end is gained, who can say this is not greatness? Indeed, this is greatness. It is Adam Clayton Powell. And it's speeches that he made, keep the faith, baby, my dear colleagues, handwriting on the wall, burn, baby, burn, death of any man one day. And in 19, between 1965 and 1968 or 69, uh, riots broke out in the great cities of the United States of America, in Detroit, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, where people who had been so oppressed and so beaten down and so tired of the abuse rose up in anger and rage. This is right in the middle of the Civil Rights Movement. By 1968, a year after this was made, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And for those of us that lived through that, for those of us that lived through that, we sometimes tend to look back at it as a distant past in America that we go, wow, can you believe that? And yet then we see what went on in Minnesota just the other day and go maybe things haven't changed since the days that a man like Adam Clayton Powell was so reviled, so reviled by right-wing racists in America that they did everything to destroy his reputation and his life. They metaphorically put their knee on the neck of Adam Clayton Powell. He did not bend, okay? And once again, when people go, oh, no, it's a different country now, and in many ways it is. We see in many ways it's not, okay? And each of us have to fight back, and we fight back. You go, how can I fight back? I'm trapped in my house, can't go anywhere. The whole city's shut down where I am. You fight it in your heart. You fight it in your soul. You fight it with your smile. You fight it with your deeds. You fight it with when you get to make a decision that you make the right one. All right. That's all I'm going to recommend today. I had another album, but I don't think I should. Uh, I'm not going to do it after that. In honor of the man who passed away uh, in Minnesota the other day, who was murdered in Minnesota the other day, I brought you Adam Clayton Powell. Uh, Google him. Look him up. And in there you will see a, uh, a fascinating man. A fascinating man. All right. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with another fun show. Until then, keep the faith, baby. My name's Tony Vizick. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, YouTubers. I'll see you soon.